So, hi, my name is Kevin Ward, and I am the Human Geography Editor of the Royal Geographical Society Institute of British Geographers Wiley Blackwell Published Book Series. Today I'm in conversation with Avril Madrell of the University of the West of England about her book, Complex Locations, Women's Geographical Work in the UK, 1850-1970. So, welcome, Avril. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to say a little bit about uh, complex locations. Uh, The book looks at the geographical work of about 50 women in varying levels of detail, um, covering uh, a period of about 120 years of geographical work. The book was written in order to fill what seemed to be a huge gap in history's geographical thought and practice. If you pick up many uh, of the histories of British geographical thought, then there aren't very many women to be seen in them. And yet I knew from my own previous research that actually there were quite a lot of women, that women were important uh, important um, players within the history of British geography right from early days. And this was something I wanted to explore in more detail in complex locations. Women's work had been looked at through particular characters, particular individuals, studies of women like Mary Kingsley, uh, studies of things like women's membership of the Royal Geographical Society. These were important individual studies, but I felt what was necessary, what we needed within the discipline, was an overview, something that substantiated the detail of women's geographical work. Now, in order to do this, I had to think about what sort of theoretical perspective was I taking and what sort of methodologies uh, was I going to use. Well, not surprisingly, given the topic, uh, feminist uh, theoretical perspective is quite important uh, in this book. Not just because it focuses on women, but also using feminism in order to make a sort of gendered analysis of the history of geographical thought and practice and women's relative inclusion and exclusion, um, uh, as the case may be. So I was interested in women's experience as women, their gendered experience, but also uh, the differences between their experiences, the experiences of individuals within their individual context. And that leads on to the second uh, theoretical um, perspective, which is that contextual history. I was interested to look at the way in which um, society changed over time and the implications that that had uh, for things like women's access to education, Uh, the franchise, and so on. And in turn, what implications that had for uh, women's involvement with and access to and roles in geographical knowledge. I was also interested in the way in which knowledge is socially constructed, Um, uh, not least of all, how that impacts on our histories of the discipline. But I also wanted to be sensitive to the role of socioeconomic class uh, and, and wealth and how that influenced women's individual experiences. Um, All of this sort of tied in, really, in taking a biographical approach uh, to uh, the women's lives and uh, the production of their geographical work. This is drawing on ideas from others, um, like Alison Blunt's work on hidden histories and uh, others such as Lorimer Spedding and Livingston uh, discussing the importance of small stories within our within our histories. And drawing on those, I wanted to take this biographical approach that would set women's individual geographical work 
within the wider context of what was going on in uh, wider society, economics, culture and so on, uh, politics, but also the deta- the context of their individual family lives and, and so on in order to be able to appreciate what their own individual stories were and how that meshed with the sorts of geographical work that they did and um, how it unfolded and, and indeed how their work was received, what opportunities they had and so on. And that leads on quite nicely to talk a little bit about... Um, uh, methods that we used. Not surprisingly it's historical and we're looking at uh, lots of different aspects of the past so archives were very important and I used a wide range of archives uh, including those from geographical societies uh, university and departmental um, records uh, but also things like newspapers and personal papers and uh, and I travelled all over the UK uh, to to access these different archives. Now, these archive sources were also meshed with the published materials, the original works of of uh, the women, where they wrote books, papers, uh, and uh, and so on. Um, but also wherever there were secondary published sources, like reviews and obituaries, and so on. Obituaries are really quite important for finding out some of the personal details, some of that biographical detail um, for many of the women. But I also wanted to include oral histories wherever possible, principally the autobiographical uh, accounts of those women who came within my 1970 cut-off time, um, uh, but could tell us about their own experiences and their own lives. And uh, there were 10 or 11 of these women who, who I was able to interview who were able to tell me about their own experiences. And this really was... F- I felt fabulously enriched the book uh, in terms of getting the first-hand point of view. I did also interview other people for oral history accounts uh, reflecting on other women, um, but uh, the slightly difficult ethical issue as to whether uh, how to use those and what to include, and in the end I decided that the fairest thing to do was to only include other people's um, spoken views uh, about those women who were... Um, that, who were no longer alive um, rather than um, uh, risk contentious, uh, contentious issues. So these methods together brought an opportunity to patch together um, what often was quite an archaeological uh, endeavour, trying to piece together fragments of different people's lives and uh, in order to try to get a, a bigger picture, um, both of individual geographers, women geographers' work, but also how that fitted into the bigger story. And you can see this in the case, for example, of of what might be considered a very small story, Thora Haslam, um, whose personal travel accounts of her cycling holidays had turned up in the Geographical Association at the time in which I was doing some of my um, uh, fieldwork, archive work. She was known to have been a geography teacher, um, but little else was known about her to give wider context to her travel accounts. And uh, the enormous pleasure I had in actually finding her name in a list of undergraduates at Liverpool University in 1939 and being able to actually match the information and find out more of the context of her work. Now, to conclude, there are lots of things that I could say about the... Um, 
the empirical details that came out of the research, uh, we could look at, for example, um, the, the fact that the first woman professor uh, of geography was appointed in 1930, not in the 1980s, as many people suspect. Um, we can note that uh, three out of the four women professors appointed between 1962 and 1970 were appointed um, to chairs in physical geography, which is fascinating. We can note the role of women in extensive field work um, as university lecturers, teachers, and through groups like the Geographical Field Group, um, the likes of Joan Fuller at Nottingham, leading six foreign field courses for the Geographical Field Group. And these, these details not only tell us about the individuals, but also shed light on both past and contemporary debates about uh, geography as a discipline and also about debates about subjects such as fieldwork and whether fieldwork is a masculine endeavour or not. So, women are not recent arrivals to the production of geographical knowledge. Women were involved in a whole range of different types of uh, geographical knowledge. They produced maps and uh, identified new species. They wrote travel accounts and textbooks, research papers and monographs. They undertook extensive field work. They contributed significantly as geographers uh, to Britain's war work. They served on policy uh, committees as well as the obvious things of working through and teaching disseminating geographical knowledge through schools and universities. And this challenges our perceptions of both geography's past, but it also challenges us to encourage us to think about and reflect critically on the way that we engage with geography's present, what we need to, uh, to, to retain of that present in terms of archives, but also the way that we reflect on the power relations within the discipline, both past and present. Thanks, Avril. Uh, if you want to buy Avril's book, the details can be found elsewhere on this website.